Elliot Asher welcoming you to this episode of Meditation and Beyond. Our topic today is good enough or not. The pediatrician and psychotherapist D.W. Winnicott coined the expression, a good enough mother, or one might perhaps say, good enough parenting. It refers to the manner in which a mother responds to her infant child with age-related sensitivity and care, allowing the infant to successfully in that transition to an autonomous and well-functioning adult. We will all pass through the oceanic unity of infancy into the subjective individual world of the adult. How else could we navigate the human world we are given? That necessary movement is characterized by the development of a personal identity that defines our separateness as an adult. We are given a name, and our sense of self is progressively filled in by life's events and experiences, wholesome and difficult as they may be. We lose the interconnected, spontaneous, and innocent experience of the young child as we take on the conditioning patterning, and limitations of an adult. Our infantile world disappears, but we are able to navigate the day-to-day world of work, intimacy, and social relations. With a good enough parenting and early circumstances, we can do so with kindness, patience, virtue, and human decency. That is an accomplishment that begins with the absence of neglect and the presence of familial circumstances that support healthy development. For that, we do not need perfect parenting, but good enough parenting. Much as healthy adult development is the aim of psychology, it is also the first aim of meditation, creating a healthy human life, mental calm, virtuous attitudes and behaviors, a tempering of ego cherishing, and the cultivation of loving kindness towards others. There is a large body of Eastern literature and practices devoted to this psychological accomplishment. But is this accomplishment all we can hope to achieve? Consider the work of the developmental psychologist Abraham Maslow. His well-known hierarchy of needs delineates the stages of human development from basic physiologic needs to self-realization. Self-realization, the culmination of his developmental pyramid, was considered the pinnacle of personal growth and fulfillment. But at the end of his life, some 20 years after the articulation of this model, Maslow declared the model incomplete and began to speak of a state of being he termed transcendence. That capacity went beyond the well-cultivated personal self, the goal of psychological development. It's an awakening to the spiritual and mystical experience of wholeness and oneness. As it turns out, the peak of personal development was not the peak of human possibility. There was more. It can be said that healthy development is an important preparation for the experience of a larger spiritual life. A good enough childhood increases the probability that we will experience life's larger possibilities. It does. But paradoxically, the condition of individuality that is fostered by healthy development 
can as well get in the way of a spiritual development. Why? Because individualism is by definition a state of separateness and disconnection from others, our highest self, and our planet. The stronger our individual sense of self, and perhaps healthier, the more it can serve as an obstacle to touching what lies beyond. What is valuable for one stage of development can paradoxically be an obstacle to the next level of development. The stronger our sense of distinctiveness, separateness, individuality, the more closed off we may be to what lies beyond. So that one may say that good enough parenting helps support development, but it may not be good enough to go beyond. I recall one of my Eastern teachers' description of a traditional family upbringing in his culture. There may be dozens of family and close friends raising the child, always a hand to hold, arms to convey security, and the wisdom to navigate difficult times. The child was raised by a community, bypassing the limitations of a one- or two-person family. Meditation, he said, was a regular family activity as was the expression of kindness and compassion. Often the community elders would visit and lead songs of awakening, called dohas. These songs pointed to, modeled, and normalized for young adults the state of consciousness beyond individualism. This very different, good enough upbringing honored both the psychological and transcendence as touchstones of a fully lived life. I remember young Western women at dinner one night when I was studying in India. We had not met before. After some introductory conversation, she mentioned she recently married a Tibetan man. Curious, I asked her if she could share something she learned from their cross-cultural intimacy. She mentioned that they were living with his brother, and it was odd to her that the brothers never knew whose clothes belonged to whom. I thought back to my own children, of course, that was not the situation I recalled. They definitely knew the word mine. So it appears that a good enough upbringing is relative to the culture, its values, and aspirations. Certainly there are elements of care, kindness, responsiveness, and supportive environments that are cross-cultural. But if one's familial and cultural values further emphasize selfless compassion, love without an object, in a world that goes beyond the subjective and personal, there will be a larger sense of the human capacity for spiritual development and a greater chance it will be tamed and lived in the adult life. Could it be that the childhood rearing that's good enough for a healthy personal self may not be good enough to go beyond, to encourage the fullest of human possibilities? Could it be that by emphasizing only personal development, we deprive ourselves of the treasures of human life, human flourishing, to lie beyond who we think we are, who we have become. Perhaps you can learn from Maslow that it's never too late to reach beyond. It's never too late go, to go beyond the psychological view of adult development to the too often unseen treasures of the spiritual life. It's never too late to expand our view of what it means to be fully human and to adjust our cultural values parenting skills to align with this large knowing. Now let's together drop into this deeper self and this larger knowing.
Find a comfortable place to sit, close your eyes, and let's begin this very simple, natural, and effortless meditation process. It is so because the openness, the spaciousness, the deeper self, a larger experience is always there within us, even if it is obscured by the veils of daily life and our personal self. So with our eyes closed, Let's begin with breathing. As we will remember, the cessation of breath leads naturally to a physiological quieting of the mind by its relationship with the respiratory process to the neural default mode, which are the restlessness centers of the brain. These are suppressed when we cease the breathing practice. So we take a deep breath in. Blow it out, blowing out the content of a mind with it. And naturally rest in the natural cessation of breathing at the end of respiration. Deep breath in. Blow it out. Natural hold. Notice that when your breath ceases, to move in or out, there is a natural stillness, a natural end to cognition, an openness, a spaciousness, a natural awareness. Just dwell on that. Don't analyze it or comment on it. Deep breath in. Out. Rest in the hold. Do this at your own pace, because it will be different than mine. And we'll do this for a short period of time so you can get used to this effortless and natural way of calming the mind. Deep breath in. The cessation of breath, the muscles relax, the mind becomes calmer, all becomes more easeful, just naturally, no effort, just follow the instructions. Deep breath in, blow it out, dwell in the natural cessation of breath. Amazing how simply you can quiet mind and body without any technique, without any effort, without any struggle. Continue for another minute. You can do this during the day for a few minutes even a minute or two with your eyes open and just drop into this calmness. 
Meditation gets out of control. You can do this a few times to reassert the calmness. It's a natural sigh, respiratory sigh. They're built into ventilators as we normally take them a couple of times a minute without recognizing it. Deep breath in. Out. Now we're going to return to a normal breath. Slow, harmonious, smooth and sweet. This simulates the breath cessation. Normal breath. There'll be thoughts, feelings, and images that naturally arise. That's the way it works. That's the way our ordinary mind works, as long as we're in a body. But they don't have to disturb or distract us. We remain awareness. We observe. We witness whatever comes up in the field of our ordinary mind and let it go. We don't feed it with our attention. We don't choose preferentially one thought, feeling, or image over another. We don't elaborate, make a story, a comment, like waves in the ocean, clouds passing through the sky. We just learn to leave alone this old, pattern of thoughts, feelings, and images, which are not who we are, have no relevance to the present moment. What we do is we cultivate an awareness. We remain aware and present and observing. So that way, thought, feeling, or image comes up. Okay, how are you? No problem. Do what you need to do. But I'm just going to remain in awareness, in presence. And mental activity will quiet down, dissolve on its own. So this awareness we be part of now is a presence. It's a beingness. It's bringing yourself right into the here and the now. Huge expanse of just presence, awareness, knowing, but not an involvement with the ordinary activity of the mind. So this is larger than our ordinary mind. You can see, you can observe, you can be aware without getting entangled. As you can observe, your personal self, generating thoughts, feelings, or images here and there. You can just watch it. That's your personal eye, but it's not who you are. Who you are is this deeper self of presence and awareness and openness and spaciousness that you were born into. In this deeper self, there is nowhere to go, nothing to do, no one to be, just aware, present, beingness. That's who you are.
Breath slow and easy. Mind easy. Spaciousness. Openness. Natural sense of self that is beyond your individuality. That awareness is aware of whatever may come up naturally in the mind. It can be aware of stillness. It can be aware of its own awareness. But you're being neutral. You're simply being present. Being able to experience everything and not get entangled with anything. As most of us have not had this parenting or these kinds of circumstances that would support this natural self. We have to, in a sense, reparent ourselves, And that's what we're doing with this meditation, which is taking us back to our home, our natural home, experiencing it, and allow it to be who we are. That doesn't mean the personal self won't stop talking, but we need not pay attention to it. And when we go back to our normal activities, we do so with the remembering of this deeper self, of its peacefulness, of its well-being. We take that into the activities of daily life rather than our self-cherishing ego. I'm going to leave you now, but you may continue this after the audio tape ceases. You will find more information and help on my website, www.elliotasher.org, or my new book, Meditation and Beyond. Thank you for joining me. You may continue after this is completed. Mm-hmm.